determine something's value. Does this principle need to be based on practicality? Is efficiency the most important principle in this case? Is it wrong to pay someone less than the value they can produce? Do middlemen produce anything of value? These questions answered and more this week. Philosophers. Philosophers. All right, David. You kind of just proposed this topic for today. I did. So we're going in kind of blind. We are. Which is, might be interesting. So uh, what yeah. is it? I want to talk about value. What mm. are things worth and why? Um, and some concepts of value that I have run up against and find interesting. Okay. So I'm just going to let you know what jumps straight to my mind and then we can go through because I'm sure one of these is it. Obviously, most things can be put like for like economic modeling sake, which cares about this. You you could theoretically assign a dollar value to anything. That's, yes. In, in theory, you can say this is worth this much. And in that sense, worth is determined in my experience by if you're if you're doing this in a monetary context however much it's worth is to the system what the highest amount a person is willing to pay for it like that like if you look at the stock market for example because i was talking to a friend about this he's like well how do you know like who why does anyone know what a like x percentage of this company is worth well, because that's how many people want to buy it for that price right yeah. now. You know, why when people say this is the stock price, they're not saying that. They're saying that based on what is the amount that it was last purchased for. Right. So it just so happens that it's being bought and sold at relatively very fast rates. Right. Or and so we get a almost continuous uh, value estimate. Right. And not only that, but there are these things you can do where you can put out a bid to buy it at a certain price so you know what the lowest amount someone's willing to pay for it right now and what the last realistic amount someone did pay for it so in a weird scenario you might have a company that everyone like take a small company that just happens to be traded um there's only 10 shares say and you hold six because you're the owner and you want to maintain a majority share and you gave two shares to your spouse and two shares to your child for the other ones, just to kind of help give them the value of the company and put it in their hands contractually. Okay. Those may not be bought or sold for a long time in a weird case. So let's say that was the scenario. And so say you just give them to them. So now the value is effectively zero if no one wants to buy it. Until someone says, hey, I'd buy that from you for $500 if you're willing to sell it to me. Yeah. And now that's the value. And, you know, and go on. That's the prospective value. You know, like if someone, if you did sell it, this is how much it would be worth. Or this is how much someone's, they put an offer on the table. There's $500 on the table right now. And until you sell it to me and then it becomes actualized value from the perspective of the economy or the market or they take the offer off the table. That's the only time the values change or another offer gets added. So that's one way. Is that kind of what we're talking about? Okay. Yes. Well, that's what we mean when this we talk about This type of thing is what we're talking about. Right. And ultimately, though, the, the value 
it's just being determined by that person who says I'm going to pay that much. And it also, I think perspective matters, right? Because yes. clearly to the person who's withholding the stock and not selling it, it's worth more than that. They value it more than what someone's willing to pay for it right now. That's so they're not going to sell it. Right. So, and to someone, to any other person in the market who has not put any money down on it, to them, it's worth nothing until they state a given price. So that's, I think that's like the pen and paper, brick and mortar way of determining value in an economic or a monetary system, right? Right. Okay. What uh, what context were you thinking about it in? So I, I will share a, an experience I had. Um, actually, no, I will... I'm going to begin in a uh, in a hypothetical. Um, the astute might realize that this is the plot of a uh, episode of a kids' TV show. Um, there, there's a, a situation where uh, the kids at a school are are trying to collect some item, and this becomes like a de facto currency within the school. Okay, um, and so one person is uh it does not have very many of these and uh he gets made an offer hey if you sit here and uh, and watch this door and tell me who goes in or out or, or whatever i forget exactly what the proposition is but something like that then i'll pay you so many doodads or whatever um he's like okay let's say it's 10 10 for an hour okay so some kid walks up and he says hey kid I'll pay you to stand at this door for eight doodads an hour. Hmm. Okay. Now, the the first kid who accepted the job will earn two things an hour for doing nothing, essentially. What was the thing? I think that'll make it easier for me to keep up with the analogy, unless the you don't remember. Time. Uh, oh, the the thing. What, what's the, the currency? The, the object. Uh, I think it was like a sticker. Let's just say stickers to okay. help me with the analogy. Okay. So I don't because do that sounds ridiculous. Sure. A sticker. Okay. Stickers then. Okay. So, child A initially proposes to child B. Watch the store. Tell me who comes out, and I'll pay you ten stickers an hour. Yes. Child B says, "Hmm, I got better things to do. Hey, you. If you stand here and watch the store, I'll pay you eight stickers an hour. Yeah. And that kid agrees. So now you have yes middle management. Go on. right so there's this idea and i understand why it sticks for people there's this idea that child b we've named him in this case um has has added no value to the system i'm using that word a little bit loosely um like he's not actually producing anything and yet he's being paid for it why now obviously on a like mechanical level we know why because he agreed that the door would get watched for ten dollars an hour and then discovered that he could pay somebody else less than that and just keep the difference but like is it fair to call child b essentially some sort of a crook or swindler for doing this well i can see how some people would say yes right 
he's cheating the system or he's just a middleman. Like they, they would say, I, I, I know people that would say, well, in a perfect system, uh, well, depending on the kind of person, if they're a, a kind of person, they would say, oh, well, in a perfect system, I would just go directly to person C and then just pay them the eight because they're willing to do it for that amount. Right. Right. Or right. Th- right. Child B is taking advantage of the fact that A doesn't know C. Right. He's well, he's making money based on information that he has that the other two don't. Right. Child C isn't aware that someone would be willing to pay 10 and child A is is not aware that someone would take eight. Yeah. Right. And child B could because there's another option and this is a real B could just introduce C to A. Well, B could also tell A straight up for a fee, a fixed one time fee. If you give me 20 stickers now, I'll find you someone who will do it for eight. Mm. And that's a real thing that happens in the world as well. Right. It's called recruitment agencies. Yeah. There you go. Or, (laughs) well, that and information brokers do the same thing. Mm. Like that's not all they do, but they, that's why they make money is they find you cheaper ways or more efficient ways or, you know, service companies, they do that kind of thing. But anyway, as I was saying though, like child A from, if you're an A type person, there are very few A type people because those are typically the people who have employment. I'll leave it at that. If you're looking at it from an employer perspective, which if you or yourself are an employer, you would say, well, I would want to find the person C's of the world and pay them. But if you're the more common type C person in the world, if you found out that person B was collecting eight, you would feel lied to and cheated. That Those are the kind of people that when I, if I were to tell them this scenario, I could tell a lot about maybe their place in a company, <laughs> depending on which they think would be right, but it's all from personal gain. Because let's be honest, if C did know, C would be like, well, wait a minute, I could get 10? Well, yeah, I don't yeah. have to do any additional work. I can just get, get it for 10, you know. But yeah, so I totally, I totally know what you're talking about. Um, I don't think it's cheating, no, personally, because information has value. And because B did do work, I would assert, and because B right. did, however little it might have been, he did the work of talking to C and negotiating. Well, not only did B do work, but B assumed risk. That's the other thing I would say. What risk did B, did B assume? He took the job for ten an hour. Mm-hmm. What if no one else would do it for ten an hour? What do you mean? What if no one else would do it for less than ten per hour? Then he would have to do the job. Exactly. He's risking his contract to do the job or to, to ensure the job gets done. He's locking himself into an agreement himself to ensure that a task is completed. Oh, the risk is that C just blows him off. Well, not only that, but yeah, he's assuming responsibility for C as well. There's that, but he's also assuming responsibility for what if you break it down and look at it like this. What A is actually paying B for is I is is for the information. I want to know who goes in and out of this door. Mm-hmm. That's all he's buying. He's not actually paying B to sit there and watch. He's actually paying B to get him a list of who goes in and out of the door. Right. There are a bevy of ways B could accomplish this task. B could set up a Wi-Fi camera if he happened to have one and right. go about and his Totally business. automate the system for nothing. Right, and just record it and then go back and watch it on 12 times speed later and do essentially an, or 8 times speed and do a day's work in one hour yeah. and make the same money or outsource it, you know. But what 
but the contract between B and C is a little different. B is paying C to stand there. Mm-hmm. And if and even if he's not, B is essentially saying, hey, could you ensure this task get done, gets done for cheaper? And if not, it, plus the risk I'm going to, you're right, plus the risk that, you know, ultimately A is the source of it all. If the job doesn't get done, I B don't will get, not get his 10. Yeah. He, B won't even get his two. Right. Because he won't get the 10. Exactly. Yeah. So B is doing work. He's management. He's, that's what management is, is making sure that other people accomplish tasks that you're promising to someone else. And so you're overseeing that and trying to find an efficient way to get it done. In this case, you can't really make it go faster. But what B could also do is go back to A and say, hey, I, I could, I, what if I did it? What if I told you I could get it done for nine? Because you also have to assume there's probably other Bs in the world. That middle person could have, you know, say there's another guy next to him says, well, I'll also do it for 10. You know, but there's work involved is all I'm saying. You could, you could quickly make this the situation more complicated. But I, I would agree. Then I would assert that, yes, he is doing work. And he does deserve the money he's being paid. Just because C is not aware of what B is doing doesn't mean that B isn't doing something. So that's what I would say. Okay. Um, so something a little bit similar, but I'm not, uh, sure is exactly the same. So this is a conversation that I had, uh, with, uh, an acquaintance of mine. Um, he basically, he takes issue with the idea outright of hiring somebody and paying them less than the total value that they produce to you. Mm. So obviously you see the implications of this, but um, the, the idea is, you know, you can measure it. it well, we'll use letters again. If a hires B to do a thing, he can measure and quantify the value that B is producing for him. Yes. Um, and we know you know, A needs to pay B no more than what that is. Otherwise, he's losing money. Right. Um, it's in A's best financial interest to pay B less than that so that he gets some money. Yes. Um, but basically, this guy's, this guy's concept is that you... It is wrong to pay to knowingly pay somebody less than what they are producing. Mm. So that, that is essentially stealing from a person. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me clarify. So this person is essentially saying the value of this work is not objectively is because that's the other thing too is it depends on your perspective on value Mm -hmm. but to this person the value of the task being completed is whatever a is paying or is it whatever whatever b is producing okay but that value isn't objective it could be is it yeah, you can measure it. It doesn't mean it's objective. Okay. Give me an example of how it's obje- give me an example of objective value. Objective value. Um 
Well, besides currency, because well, that's exactly it, though. Like, okay, like I think the the specific thing that we were talking about, uh, the specific business model we were talking about was, say, a restaurant. Okay. So you can you can measure by how much money the restaurant is getting. Um, you know how much any particular task makes for that restaurant. In principle, you could measure that. I, like there is some value that the restaurant gets out of sweeping the floors. If they don't sweep the floors, you can measure how much money you're losing by customers who don't want to be there because it's gross. Okay, now I understand what you're saying. Okay. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's kind in of, principle, you can measure the value that you're getting out of paying somebody to do any given task. So you, you you essentially take a game theory analysis and you start removing variables one at a time until you can come up with a value for everything, right? Right. That's the way I conceptualize it. I, this person did not say this, but that's what but I'm thinking that he's thinking. That's yeah. how I'm going to conceptualize okay. it. Okay. So, in that case, the exact value of sweeping a floor mm-hmm. to the business is objective. Yes. Objective. Okay. Because they know exactly how much money they're going to lose if they don't sweep right. the floor. So, it would be in their best interest to pay someone no more than the value they would lose from not sweeping the floor to sweep the floor. Well, it's in their it well, it's in their best financial interest to pay someone as little as they would accept to sweep the floor, obviously. Up to but up to the threshold of how much yeah, money they No going more to than no more than what they make from sweeping the floor because if they pay more than that then they're losing money, which is worse than just not sweeping the floor. Okay. Um well, maybe depending on what your other values are, maybe you value cleanliness, but that that does not enter into this. No, taking it at all. strictly, <laughs> yeah, taking it strictly. So, it's wrong for someone to take a job where they're being paid more than what the money the business would lose to sweep the floor. Is that what they're saying is wrong? I don't know. That's interesting. I did not ask that question. They were only focused on the reverse. That it's wrong to hire somebody for less than the value they're producing. Basically, the, 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 higher, the higher level claim here is that profiting off of somebody else's labor is wrong. No. That's the claim. No. Because that's only looking at one half of the equation, in my opinion. Because, okay, Say you set it, say say you follow that model, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to pay, let's just say it costs $10, or let's say it costs $80 per day. Like, say you sweep the restaurant once, and you notice that that's the sufficient required amount of times. Like, say you only serve one meal, or whatever, it costs $80. So, you come have someone, you pay them $80 a day to come in and sweep. Okay. Or, and so, you, you pay them that amount, right? Um, so that person makes $80 mm-hmm. for providing $80 worth of value to the restaurant. Okay. Um, say that I was going to pursue that. Why bother paying that person? Because you don't want to sweep? Well, or because you can't sweep and cook at the same time? Well, hear me out though. I have to put an effort to go find that person and hire them. And make sure they show up on time every day. And all these other things. Because at the end of the day, I need to make sure the floors are sweeped. Now, I don't have to do any of those things if I just don't pay them 
that amount and I don't pay anybody to sweep the floors. It's a net zero for me, the owner, to just not hire anybody at cost. You know why? I'm not losing or gaining money either way. Right? Right. Why bother hiring anybody? If that's the point, what's my motivation to hire someone to pay them at cost? That's effort to hire someone. Yep. So what's the point? Why would I ever hire someone at cost? I have no answer. This is not my position. So Fair enough. But, but, but that's, that's what I would say to that person is, well, why hire them at all? If I'm going to lose that much money anyway, because you value cleanliness. Well, apparently I don't. Apparently I value money. You know? Right. Now, I could understand someone says, okay, well, pay them. Not, like, let's just say people start putting arbitrary standards on it, right? Let's just say 90%. Well, wait. Actually, I have a I have another thing. Okay, that yeah. Could enter into this. Okay, so let's say that you're still you're still a purist on this, and uh, you know you you think uh, that it would be wrong to uh, to hire somebody at less than cost. Okay. Um, let's add to this. You have another value. When possible, you should hire somebody because. Now you are creating value for your community. So now you have one person who is not poor without a job. One one fewer person who is poor without a job. So this, uh, this appeals to your values of not having a town full of poor or broke people. Well. Now what do you do? So no. now it's not just a, I'm breaking even, so why bother? Well... If the value of having hired somebody at cost, like just say I I put in minimal effort, right? I'm going to just post a sign. If someone comes and takes it, they take it. If they don't, they don't. I'm making the same either way, right? So people comes in. Since my values to me would encourage me to take that course of action, Sure, hire them. But now this is where it gets a little complicated. Now this person has money coming in for them, right? Mm -hmm. I'm still taking from the economy as much as I'm putting back into it, regardless. Because the money I would have lost, people paying me to have clean floors, stayed in the community. Mm Mm-hmm. Now I'm just transferring wealth from the community to someone else. Right? So my impact on the community, if you look at it in the most utilitarian way possible, if it's just about the value I contribute to my community, I'm contributing the same value whether I hire that person or not. Because the same amount of money is going into my pocket and I'm producing the same amount by dollar amount. So not hiring them leaves money in the community because people who would have given me their money looked in my restaurant and said, nah, I'll keep it. And they're a part of that community too. The difference just is who has that money. And say this is a, say let's make this a real simple economy. This is the only business in the town, which wouldn't work. But so the community has $100 and they pay me the $80 a day and let's say that food's really dirt cheap and they're just not going to go in there because they value cleanliness too or whatever. So they're going to come in, pay me $80 in, 
you know, by buying my food and it goes to this person. And so from my perspective, I have helped my community no more or no less. Granted, it's not a zero sum game like that, but if you're being utilitarian, you kind of had to force it down to that point. I have helped no one netly. I have just taken money from other people for a service and I'm just hosting this person who's now offering a service to the community through me when they could have just done that themselves if they wanted to. Right. I'm a public floor sweeper. Right. So yeah, I did not help my community anymore by giving this one person a job because I took money from other people to give them that job. So you could argue that I hindered them. If, if you view it that way, if you right. view it as purely that, monetary, that money, who loses that money was going to get spent on something else pr- probably in the community as well. Right. So yeah, uh, still, okay. I have still made zero impact on myself and the community. I have made no more money or no less money. And I have no one else has made any more money or less money. It's a net zero. If you take it and make it a zero sum game like that. So what's the point? I have not enriched myself anymore. And no one else is either more or less enriched on average than me. So what's my motivation to do that if I care about my community? I could understand if I cared about that person more than, yeah, sure. If I want that person to have more money than other people, sure. But now I'm still favoriting one person out of everyone else, just like I would have been if I paid myself that Right, more. why not myself, yeah. There you go. So that, that to me is what doesn't make any sense. Now, I understand where that feeling might come from. Mm -hmm. But, and there's a a whole other half of this coin as well. That is this person who I would hire or not. Right. let, Let me, let me propose a different analogy. Is it wrong for me to pay someone more than what something is worth to them? Is it wrong for me to overpay? Like say I walk into a cake shop Mm-hmm. and they are selling cakes for $10 and I pay them 20 Is that wrong? To by me, the, by the personally, same, no. But by this being generous. But by the same logic laid out, yeah, it's wrong. Right? So what if I put the listing up for half and someone else came in and said, hey, I'll do it for 40 bucks a day. Would it not also be wrong for me to pay them more than what they're willing to accept for the same service? Right, because the 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 system that is being implied here is that the only ethical exchange is an equivalent exchange, and that has its own problems as well. I mean, let's just take it back to brass tacks. No one starts out equivalently exactly. It's not like society starts at T zero, and it's not like a game of Monopoly where everyone's dealt the same number of dollars, and you have the same fixed monetary value at t0 like we you know you could make a society like that where as soon as you sign the social contract you're granted fifty thousand dollars right so theoretically if you just talk about money not skills and everything else that comes with it just money wise and you assume everyone else has roughly equal ability which they don't but if you assumed that and you give everyone fifty thousand dollars no one would ever have more or less than fifty thousand dollars forever if that were the same and that were the case, right? I guess. If you followed those rules where you can only make equivalent exchanges, everyone would just have $50,000 forever. If just 
Right. Just barring, in transactions. Barring entropy. Yeah. But that's the thing. Entropy exists. How? Now, now don't me wrong. Like, for example, lunch. My lunch that I eat. The sandwich. Yeah. Right? It has, say I value it at $5. Okay? As soon as I give this person that $5 and this sandwich comes out and I consume it, something has now left the system that is now not worth anything. Right. So if you keep everything the same because of entropy, eventually no one will ever have more than $50,000, but those $50,000 will eventually literally get pissed away. (laughs) Eventually. Because unless you're also assuming that the supply coming into the system is fixed as well, but that supply is now coming for value from nothing, right? Uh, well, no, not necessarily. Like, things obviously are still circulating in some way or another. Maybe. So, yeah, because, g- g- yeah, like, you, you pay your $5 and eat your sandwich, and now you have $49,995. Um, Let, let's just assume, like, one of the most simple, let's just assume the most simple economic model of there's two people. Mm-hmm. You have a farmer or raw resource gatherer, mm-hmm. and they grab raw resources that are not useful to people and collects them. And then the second person in this two-person economy makes them useful. Makes raw collected resources useful consumable resources, right? Yeah. And you give them each $50,000. Yeah. And they... So the gatherer gathers the... Converter. Uh, sure. Uh, the, the manufacturer uh, buys them... Uh, then the gatherer wants them and they keep handing their money over to each other. Yeah, they're literally just handing dollars back and forth. And goods. And goods. And they progressively improve, in fact, in the system. Do they? Yes. How? Well, we defined them to because the manufacturer makes things that people want and there's only one person to want them. Right, but they take those goods and they don't make them any better. Like, they're consumed. Like, I'm thinking the most raw form of person collects inedible... Like, let's make it even more simple. The collector knows where to find these mushrooms. And they're the only thing you can eat on this alien world. Okay. And this other person has the knowledge of, I know how to convert mushrooms into edible food, but I don't know where to find them. Okay. So, they exchange tasks. One goes and finds, and together, one finds mushrooms, and the other one makes them edible for both of them. Okay, yes. Right? Okay, so yes, in this system, they're not gaining value. Nope. Except that they continue to live. Yes. Which, presumably, they both value. Yes. So, at that point... So, we have a, we have a system where no one accumulates resources, but no one starves to death. Right, in this very limited system. Yeah. But, in this system... Besides the fact there are just two people, what's the point in having currency? There isn't. Exactly. So why do dollars matter? Dollars matter because we don't live in a two-person society where that's fair. things are cut and dry. Where I, I want this, and this is the only thing you know how to make, and you want what I know how to make, and we make this work. Yeah. And so this is all still assuming that there's fixed value for everything or that you can determine the value from one perspective. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the mistake that we have made here is that we we've gone outside the realm of the restaurant, which can measure by observation, how much a thing is worth to the external world where that is 
usually not feasible and may not be possible right to just like measure the value of something we live in the world where the best guess we have about how much something is worth is what someone's willing to pay for it right now the other issue i take with the restaurant using this formula to determine value you're only letting why does the restaurant owner get to decide that that's the value or he doesn't he's looking at it objectively Mm -hmm. right um i don't know it it's too clean i think like it's not very realistic but you're sure but we need to establish things in the abstract before we can get down to the degree okay let me change the scenario which is better in the same scenario for me to hire four people to sweep the floor to each sweep a quadrant of my floors for twenty dollars each or one person eighty dollars i don't know to mathematically it's the same right so we're still back at the why bother if there's no benefit yeah i guess the question the question is yeah if we're if our metric for success here is how many people are gainfully employed then the answer would be hire as many people as you can to sweep the floor until they are they are each being paid so little they can't possibly live on it what's not my still the same value though even if they're not being paid enough to live on it same values going back into the system yes and who's to say they can't go get another five minute job somewhere else and sure. just do 55 minute jobs you know yeah who knows but that's convenience but convenience sure but this is also in a fixed system in which scarcity is not a problem and i think that's kind of where the analogy starts to break down a little bit right i i have obviously glossed over the huge details of how is this restaurant buying food Right. And I think that's the thing with this analogy that makes it somewhat useless is that... In- and also, how does the restaurant determine what its menu prices are? Right. It, don't be wrong. You can construct this system in the abstract, but there are... In bringing that example down to, you know, just having that example in the abstract, sure, I could understand how if you're able to control all the variables, yeah, it makes sense in that abstract system. Just to, to pay or not to pay. And if you add in values that would make me pay this person, I mean, you want to pay this person $80 to sweep the floor because that's how much I'd lose if I didn't. Sure, why not? But it, that's ignoring other factors. You know, the, the other, but the, the two main factors it ignores is scarcity and inequality, essentially. Right? Mm-hmm. And those are the two factors of reality that you can't escape and you're not accounting for right so the other thing we're not factoring in is time right because realistically you would assume the floors need to be swept before you open to get that value right probably or well the floors should be clean when you open and you also need to sweep throughout the day because every time customers leave and leave crumbs under the table, you need to get that out of there before you seat the next person. Sure. But let's just assume this is a restaurant that only serves one dinner. Everyone's served at the same time <laughs> and you only need to have it swept once okay. just for sake of simplicity. Sure. What if there's someone in that society who physically cannot sweep that floor in 23 hours successfully? They are now not able to apply for that job, right? Yeah. 
what about the person who can sweep that floor in 30 minutes comparatively the person who can sweep the floor in 30 minutes now can go they're gonna go get that job done get their 80 bucks and then leave and go do another 80 dollar job at the next restaurant you still will have inequality because those who are more efficient with their you're just trading one variable for another now you're saying that oh those who can do the job in the fastest amount of time will make the most money any job if they're able to complete it quickly enough they will begin to profit more until you have one super awesome person who can just do everything every job in the town that he can do asynchronously and you're still going to end up with an inequality in exchange you, right you mean synchronously he would have to do it he can't do two things at once that's what i'm saying he, he he can only take jobs that coexist asynchronously from each other like no two jobs that happen to happen at the same time can he do but any jobs that don't rely on him doing them at a certain time he can do right is what i'm trying um, to say so and from the same objective I think, standard i think i don't want to put words in this guy's mouth but my impression is that he would be okay with this um because essentially his his gripe with the status quo as he sees it today is that um people are making money while it seems that they are not like really doing anything for that money well i think that's a different point and to so and so he would be like okay well fine if you have the power to do all the jobs in the entire city within your means like you can actually do it then sure you deserve to be rich right the other thing i think we haven't considered is who's to enforce that system you know like the, i don't know but th this is all very it's very abstract it's, it's abstract like this is, this is a matter of principle i'm doing my best to represent his position because I, I i do i i really do see where he's coming from and I, I have problems with it in principle as well. Um, well, I have problems with it in practical is what I'm saying. Yeah. And because here's my thing about principles. You can withhold something as a principle, but if that's not practically how people are going to behave, no one cares about your principles. They mm -hmm. only affect you. It, like that, that's true, but I, I, can't, I can't wholeheartedly agree with that or else I'm a hypocrite. Because, um, like for, for me, I, I do not have a problem with principles that are practically unfeasible. I don't either. It's, it's, they, like they, they are the goal. Do what you can to achieve a situation as close to that principle as possible. Right. So to me with this person. He can have that, he or she, whatever, can have that principle. And as long as they live their life by that principle, like say, for example, they never pay anybody for more than what it's worth, mm -hmm. right? They can live that way if they want. Sure. And they can enjoy living in squalor, you know? That's the other thing. I don't have to live by that principle, Right. In the I mean, physically, you don't. I don't, and I won't, and that's the thing. The world isn't just one person, and so, and that's the other implementation detail you get into. It's like, okay, so you can have that principle, and in a society of only yous, 
No one will be richer or poorer, right? But practically speaking, well, remember it's an it's not about anyone being richer or poorer. He doesn't have a problem. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't I don't know that he has a problem. I don't. My impression is he does not have a problem necessarily with uh, inequality of outcome. That's fair. Okay. He's fair. not. He's not a communist. Fair. I, um, I, maybe that's what I was assuming. Fair. I'm sorry. Right. He, he doesn't have a problem with inequality of outcome. His his beef is with these people who, from his perspective, are essentially like leeches on the system, where they accumulate wealth without actually doing work. He perceives that they are not doing work. Okay. But is his problem with the people leeching or the people who are paying them the amount to leech out? Who's the problem? Or both? I don't know. See, that's the other thing is it's like, you know, I I don't know. It's hard for me to take a personal principle. It, I don't even it, view this as a principle. It's difficult for me to represent because I'm not this person. Yeah, I understand now that. Now you're asking me questions that I've never asked this person. I'm kind of just, you know, speaking off the cuff. Right. Well, let's just, let's abandon the principle altogether and just talk about principles in general, just about this thing. Sure. If you have a principle, principles are things that should only ever be applied to yourself. And you can hold other people to your standards, but that's only going to affect the way you interact with them. Right. Mm-hmm. And to my thing is it's like, yes, this person can have those principles and think it's wrong. But that's the other thing is it's subjective to well, think that they're wrong. Yeah. But I mean, so are all like ethics and morals. So right. like, I think it's like, it's, it's fair for him to say like, this is wrong. And I think other people should agree with me that it's wrong and we should punish people for doing this if it is wrong. You think that's fair for him to say? I don't I don't agree with his principle. Right, but do you think it's okay for if enough people disagree, it say we all hold something as a principle mm-hmm. and one person does it, is it okay then for the majority, the 99% of the 100 people in this example, let's mm-hmm. say, to make it a clean 99%? Sure. Is it okay for them to hold that 1% responsible? They're going to. Well, why is it okay now for it to practically be they're going to when it's not the other way around? Why not hold you responsible? And by this, I mean you, your friend. Mm-hmm. Why can't the 99% hold you responsible? And they won't, literally, but practically, that person might be held responsible because they hold different principles. You, you see what I'm saying, I guess, is that... Anyway, no. do what? No. Well, okay. Say that he's the only one. That, say he's the one percent in that scenario. The we should only exchange things of equal value, right? Okay. So he's the minority opinion. Now he's the minority that, opinion. Okay? okay. What if everyone punished him for holding that opinion? Is that okay? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But would he be okay with that? Do you think? I don't know. I well. I'm not saying that it's his position that Mike makes right in this way. Right. I didn't say that that was right. I just said that will happen. Right. Because it would. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's hard to argue this point because it's just really unfeasible to me in the practical sense. And I agree as well, in, in addition to my problems with it in principle. And my other issue i take is that i don't necessarily i think you might be able to dig deeper and say that the economic value of floor sweeping right 
th- that value is not a fixed variable, right? Yes. So in the instant, we can talk about it costs $80 to sweep this floor. But say I choose not to hire someone, that value is going to change. Yeah. And say I do hire someone, that well, value is going to change. And also, like, the amount of money that you as the restaurant owner would lose by not sweeping, by not having the floor swept changes based on your profit margins for the actual product. Yeah. So, like, if I can either reduce the cost of the food or increase the menu prices and get away with it. Um, Now the value of swept floors changes. Right. And there's just so many things that go into it. And I I don't really know. I'm not an economist. Economist? Is that the word I'm looking for? Yes. Yeah, I'm not an economist. But I would be willing to bet that even in a closed system of this analogy, that price is going to end up being the same anyway. I'm going to I'm going to uh, say one thing just to, uh, once again so that I don't put words in this person's mouth. This person did not tell me that his uh, method of determining the value of something was how much money will you lose if you don't. Or something like that. He, he didn't put it in the terms that I did. Like That's the way that I came up with how do I measure the value of a swept floor. That's how right. I would do it. So maybe he has a better system than that that conforms better with his ideals. Right. But I don't think you could ever get a value higher than that and argue that successfully. I think that's the limit of where you can even begin to make an argument. Mm -hmm. If you're arguing for higher, then you're dumb, in my opinion. Like, you can argue that all you want, but there's plenty of other things that I would take issue with before I even started negotiating, like, the principle itself beyond the price, you know? Um. This also, I guess, kind of comes down to how you stagger your principles as well. Yeah. You know, like, if you hold that as your highest principle, it really does depend on... Because we kind of did that as well in our analogy. I was like, okay, this is, if this is my only principle, then... I will do nothing. I will do because nothing. Because it's easy. Because yeah. I think in any system, it's fair to assume any action causes loss. So... Right. People are lazy. Yeah. So let's just do nothing. So then we had to add the other value of, well, people in the community dispersing dollars. And, you know, now we're having to construct an entire layer of values around that, you know. And at some point, you know, you would have to argue systems of value. And while I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that analogy, right? Like, I, it was a kind of an entertaining thing to think about. You also now have to compete with, and I'm stepping out of this person now. Like, I'm, I'm not directly addressing the argument anymore. Okay. But I can hold a completely different principle that has nothing to do with that. And realistically, I think what's going to end up happening is because there's going to be subjectivity when it comes to principles as to, well, why is that important? Like, why? Like, because you, in order for you to now argue that, you would also have to argue why that loss is bad. Why is it bad for someone to offer less money in an you know, for equivalent value to me, right? So the restaurant owner, the value is $80. And to that person, it's a different value, right? Right. Maybe the person's willing to do it for $60. Right. So it is worth that to them. So So from the worker's perspective, it really is an equal exchange. Yes. Maybe. If if they agree willingly and they think it's fair, let's assume they do. Let's just assume for the sake. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Why... Is it bad besides you say so? 
and that's one thing you can't answer because you didn't come up with the original argument. Yeah, I don't know. There's definitely something deeper there. Yeah, because you're you can't just I think argue because you can argue from an efficiency standpoint of yeah. dollars to dollars cents, and you know you can argue that if you want, but but even in that argument you're assuming the person who's keeping that extra 20 bucks that the business owner in this case is not going to then reinvest it somewhere else in the business or even if they keep it they're gonna spend it that's the whole point of money is it's still going to go back into your community somewhere else and anywhere it goes you know and if you still argue that well it's still inefficient then it's like okay but now you have to come up with a system that has to be static of efficiency and like you have to essentially plan out what everyone's allowed to have no preferences are allowed you have to spend all your money every week or every day even you know you it becomes even more and more impractical to support the economic system in the practical sense all the while the only justification i've could get i think at this point is you say so it's bad because inefficiency is bad you know, you kind of go down the rabbit hole until you just get to the point where it's like, I say so, or no, it's just, I say so. I say so because efficiency is best, or I say so because I say so, or some other reason, you know? And I think that's the problem with this type of a principle is this principle from what I can tell is not derived from any natural source that has a good backing reason for why it should exist. So stepping out of what the principle is, I think any principle that doesn't in some way derive itself from, I say nature without trying to appeal to it, but from some existing phenomena is going to be somewhat baseless. And so to me, it's like, you know, I need the reason and you don't have to give me one, but you're going to have to give people reasons if you want them to also adopt your principle, you know? And so that's why I don't think the principle would fare well. I, don't know. I think it'd be interesting to just talk to this person at some point about it, because I kind of want to know how their thought process, because maybe they do have a good reason. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying that I don't, I can't think of one, you know, for yeah. why. Um, that took way longer to walk through that one analogy than I thought it was going to yes, take. Yes. I thought we, that, I thought we were going to get about halfway through. We're almost done now. Right. Um, I had an example that when you posted this topic that I thought we were going to go in, and this is very, very different. But okay. it also has to do with value and relationship to wages. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are two things, uh, and these are things that exist in the practical realm already, so they might be a little easier to talk about. Um, is it is it okay when we look at a job right most most jobs we don't have a we don't value the job for the generated resource correct like for example manufacturing is easy to say because it's like well what's the value of this box of stuff that you made well the minimum value it could be if you're doing it at cost is cost whatever i was able to generate it for and assume I'm the only one who makes it and I, you know, I'm the most efficient at it. So I'm charging for cost and I'm factoring into that cost, my cost of living as well, my salary, right? And for what I would just need to live, it's all that matters. So um, I'm going to pay people based on that cost, a percentage. So standard of living, say that's the minimum wage or whatever, we, we pay that. So... 
then there are other things that aren't so easily divided into value until they're done. And those things, most jobs don't pay like that. Most jobs pay for time. And they assume efforts a constant, right? Right. Like, jobs are often quoted this way. You know, it's like, well, how long is it going to take this person to generate this resource or contribute their thing that they need to contribute? Well, it's going to cost, I need to pay them 40 hours a week to generate so many units. So now we're quantifying work in hour units, right? So a lot of people would argue that if it's just time, right? Like, let's just assume we can flatten productivity, Mm -hmm. right? Is it right for me to pay, is it morally right for me to pay the same amount, if I'm assuming it cost, to two people doing the exact same job and spending the exact same time? If we assume that productivity is the same, is that generally considered fair? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, what if I can prove that one of these people generates more of their product on the same like say that i have two identical production lines and they're each responsible for production line person a produces 10 percent more units than person b in the same amount of time Mm -hmm. if i'm still paying them by the hour is it fair is it fair to pay them the same since i'm paying they they both know they're doing more work yeah or well producing more of the thing right um is it fair? If I'm just paying for their time. Yes. Okay. Um, now let's look at it by quantity. Mm-hmm. If they're both making the same amount of stuff, production both production lines make the same, and they're both spending eight hours, I pay them the same. Yes. Even the same, if I'm just counting it by number of boxes that come off the line, let's just say. So then I look at, okay... This person makes 10% more than the other. Person A makes a, a person A in their production line makes 10% more than person B in their production line, right? 10% more product. Product, yes. Okay. So is it still fair for me to pay them the same if I'm counting it by value generated? Like, no. No, okay. So... <laughs> I guess this is something that sounds super simple when you put it this yes. way. But this obviously highlights out there are people that would say that's not fair. They're, oh, because because they occupy the same title. Yes. They do the same. They have the same job. Right. Right. And now, so like in principle, because they have the same job, they're doing, quote unquote, equal work. Yes. Now, the other example that I didn't mention with time. So we had the two times the same, like they work the same number of time, right? What if they both have the same amount of productivity per hour, but one of them works 10 hours a day and the other one works eight? If you just do it by time... Then obviously the one working 10 hours... Should get paid 10 hours work. Yes. Wages, right? Okay. So that... it, It sounds super simple, but no way you slice it. It, to me... I, people would still say that's unfair and then you have the i think the other the other instance and i'm getting to the point i know it's a long drawn out analogy but you have to i think break it down into these kind of scopes the last one you have we're going to take in both slices mm-hmm. paying by product paying by hour right mm-hmm. so 
Now you have one person who can produce 10% more of the things per hour. Per hour. But I'm holding them to a quota. You only have to make me X things. Mm. Right? Yes. So, by time, what's the fair way to do that? If time's all I value and I want to pay them the same amount of time. If time is all you value, yes. then you pay the faster person less. Yes. If they spent less time doing it. By quantity. And if quantity is the only thing I value... You pay them both the same, and one gets off their shift early. Yes. So this sounds super simple, but it's because there's a fixed formula if you're wanting people to make the same at the end of the day. Yeah. Some people will either work less and get paid the same, or some people will make less or make more and get paid the same, right? Yes. Those are kind of the only two outcomes you're going to have. You cannot have two people unless unless they're equal in every way, right? So one of the things that gets talked about a lot is, and that's just valuing it from the perspective of the employer again, you know. Um, but either way, if you have people in a society that, look at both ways about it there's always going to be someone that thinks it's unfair Mm -hmm. right and we're putting the onuses of whoever is this majority on the person paying to determine how it's fair or not right one of the things i've always kind of talked about with this problem because this is something that comes up from time to time people think that hey i'm getting paid too little i'm getting paid too much whatever but the problem is we always look at the person who owns the business in my opinion the person who's doing the paying as the problem we never look at it as the people taking the pay that are the problem right Mm -hmm. um i think one of the ways you address the system that makes the most sense is you let the people who are getting you know i i don't like the assumption that people will just take any job for the amount of money you know but maybe that's practical i don't know because to me, it would make more sense to just let the people... Why complain at the business owner? Why not complain to the people who are doing the work? You know? Right. They accepted the job. They accepted the job. And you can argue with either one. The person who's right. making less they, or They more. are just as responsible for the situation. They are just as complicit in the thing that you are calling unfair as the employer. In both scenarios, Yes. They're equally complicit. Right. If the thing that you're complaining about is, hey, you, you're, you know, you're getting paid too much, even though you're working the same amount of time, it's like, or, well, sorry, if you point at an employer and say you're paying this person more for the same amount of time, um, you could just as easily point at that person and say, well, how dare you accept this higher wage to do that? Right. And in the opposite case scenario, you can point at the person who's making less. Mm-hmm. you know that's all i'm saying that, that's the thing how that dare I, you you know let him talk you into that or whatever right if you're even if you even yeah you can even still look at it that way like the employer is is talking people into a lower wage like how, you you know you should have stood up for yourself you could have you could have gotten a higher one if you negotiated for it right and i think the imbalance oftentimes comes from the fact that people assume that the default state is you will have no job and you are limited in your options right yeah so well that sounds like a topic 
It is a topic. For another time. It is a topic for another time. But I wanted to kind of seed it here when we're talking about value. Yes. Well, I I was actually, I was thinking about this topic uh, several minutes ago and didn't think that you were also going to bring it here. <laughs> so, yes. That's, uh, that's another one. Yeah. There, there's a name for this concept. There is a name for this concept, and we'll get into it next time, probably, I think. Probably. Um, I don't know. I also think the same concept goes into any exchange, not just for labor. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to cover that because this is strictly about value, mm-hmm. and it's just going to look at the other half of wages. Yes. Uh, the opposite of wages is spending, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. wages are money that a person makes, and their expenses are money that those people pay, right? Yeah. Um. I think this is a pretty straightforward and kind of goes without saying thing, but the people who pay for things determine the price. Yes. Ultimately. And it's just like the stock example given from before. The value of an item is not what you're selling it for. The value of the item is what it's purchased for. And you see this all the time. And a good example is in the art community where value is super subjective, you know, until it's not. (laughs) Um, So say you're a painter and you finish your painting and you list it for $1 million, right? Mm -hmm. What's the value of that painting if you haven't sold it yet? Zero dollars. Exactly. Now, when someone buys it for a million dollars, what's the value of that painting? A million dollars. Yes. That's what makes it valuable is how much someone's willing to pay. But you could even argue that it's not even that. It's its value in the instant it's purchased was $1 million to the right. person who paid the it. The next person may not be willing to pay that or may be willing to pay more because now it's famous for having sold for a $1 million. Exactly. And so that's one thing that I've always thought was interesting is that we always put the onuses on one side but never look at it from the other. When I think in reality, in all practicality... You know, people might balk at why something costs what it does, but it costs what it does because that's how much other people are paying for it. Right. And so if you don't like the fact that a can I've often gotten into arguments with, why does this cost so much? It's outrageous. Like, people keep paying it. That's why. One of my favorite examples of this is, and, and don't get me wrong, there are sometimes not ill intent reasons for that as well. I'll give two examples. They're both technology while we're finishing up. Um, smartphones cost too much money. It, they do why do smartphones cost two grand well first of all they don't all cost two grand but all the ones you're getting marketed do and the reason they do is because people are paying two grand for mm-hmm. them by the way um and it's not always they're paying two grand for bad reasons like there's the assumption would be that they're paying for these reasons badly you know they they're flamboyantly spending their wealth and locking it out from other people but there's the also the argument to be made that people who pay two grand for something are essentially putting the down payment on the early adopter cost for the next thing. Uh, and that's a whole different concept we might need to cover at some time, the early adopter expense, uh, which is a not super talked about item. And I have some biases I need to satisfy to justify why I spend some money on things that I do. So I think that'd be a good way to do that. So <laughs> anyway, but no, I think this is an interesting topic. I'd, I'd actually kind of like to talk to the person who holds this opinion and get more clarity on what they're asking. I will reach out to this person. See if he's willing. Okay. Things. Cool. Well, I think uh, that puts us at time. Do you have anything else you want to cover from that and out? From, from I do not. 
cool so next time we'll we'll get into hotly debated topics and yes. uh make some waves so uh anyway philosophers philosophers <laughs> If you like the music in this episode, please check out Jippy on Bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com. Philosophers is supported by viewers like you. If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future, please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description, or in the comments below. Thank you for listening.